0: Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure.
1: Welcome everybody to this month's and the very first episode of Travel Around Table. So today we are joined with uh, Pulumi. Uh, if you want to go and give your, your, your contact information where people can find you.
2: Oh, absolutely. Hi, everyone listening. Um, my name is Pulumi. I am based in London and you can contact me majorly by Instagram. That's where I kind of camp at, um, at black.kinsugi. Um, yeah. Um, you can get me on the website too as well, um, com. So, yeah,
1: that's kind of me. <laughs> All right. And uh, Kirsty and Christine.
3: Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. Where
1: can... <laughs> And then, yeah, so where can people find you?
4: I'm Kirsty, by the way, and that, that's Christine. Yes, um, we we are doing the Instagram handle on airplane mode, and we have a, a, a blog for travel website and, and uh, travel advice things like that. Uh, www.onairplanemodetravels.com. Uh, um, so we're going to be putting that out more, and, and we're really excited about you know taking things into a different spot. Yep, Christine.
3: Yeah. I mean, that was pretty much what you said. It's on airplane mode, underscore, underscore. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find us if you need any tips or LGBT questions. Um, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and if you're a fan of the Traveler's Blueprint and you've listened to our podcast for some time now, you have already familiar with, with both Palumi and the On Airplane Mode couple. So you can, if you haven't checked out those podcasts, they've already been released. Now, the only one that hasn't been released yet is Joshua here.
5: Joshua, who
1: are you and where can people find you?
5: I'm Joshua from uh, Bigger's World is my brand and the handle on all the social media networks. And uh, TiredOfWorking.com is my website. And basically, we're all tired of working, so I try to teach you how to stop working and yeah. start traveling the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you have a, a ton of travel content from audio books, or I'm sorry, e-books and blog posts, and you really, you really just flood the the internet with with travel content. That's kind of your, your much as I much can. There. Yeah, yeah. So. And so if you're listening to this now, we've kind of assembled because we all sort of have different backgrounds, and but at the end of the day, we all love travel. And so what we want to do is just have this open forum or this open discussion forum where we just kind of get together and we bounce ideas off of each other and we learn about the world together and we explain what it is we have going on and our different experiences. And I don't know, just... it. As travelers, learning about diversity and culture and race is one of the best parts about exploring these new places. And, you know, from the architecture and the food and the the cultural customs, they all offer new things to sort of broaden our horizons and bring us closer together uh, in this globalized world. And so that's what we're going to do today. And that's what we're going to kind of do moving forward. Each episode will be a different topic from one of the the panel members will pick and bring to the table. And then each of us will kind of take turns bringing it down and adding adding our experiences uh, related to that topic. And uh, Elliot, I know we kind of went over this before, but, you know, we're, we're a couple of, of white guys that grew up in suburban America. And so we didn't, I don't think, realize how diverse the world was as like naive children and nor did we realize how
0: privileged we were
1: right and so so we went through life to this point and you know now we're we're more educated and we have this understanding of the world and how it works and how different it is and um we want we want to learn more and there's probably a ton of people just like us or there there are a ton of people just like us who grew up the same way we did and um Uh, we can now, we have the experience to maybe offer a new uh, route for them to learn and, and understand how the world works. So that's kind of where this stands. It's a work in progress. So if you're listening to this, just, you know, bear with us as we kind of settle down into this, into this format and everything. And, uh, and we really hope you enjoy it. I think we're going to, to produce something really valuable to, to the people here. So, um, I think that's it for my introduction, Elliot. Do you want to add anything to the the intro?
0: I will just say that our topic today is going to be related appropriately to COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. So we've all had a little bit of time to prepare and look at how travel has impacted us individually, how it's impacted travelers as it stands today. And we'll near the end talk about how travel will forever change in a COVID-19 world.
1: Yeah. So coronavirus has essentially put a halt to all of our lives. I mean, we, as travelers, I'm sure all of us had something planned in 2020 that we were going to do and we were looking forward to doing. And I know for me personally, I had a 16 a day trip that I was going to take my uh, two year old daughter on and my wife on, and that was going to be our first time abroad. And we had this beautiful trip planned where we were going to fly into Venice and go down to Florence and Rome and the Amalfi coast. And it's, Gone. I mean, although the, that entire trip is has been refunded and it no longer exists, and so all <laughs> well, of that planning part—I yeah. feel so bad. It, all <laughs> of that planning is, is just gone, and so—and I'm just one person throughout, you know, just not throughout the entire planet who had things planned, and so it's everything's just been thrown upside down. Um, uh, Palumi, do you have any anything that you want to share? Do you have any experiences that were kind of thrown into a whirlwind now?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, right now I'm doing my PhD, and I was kind of coming to the end. I'm kind of coming to the end of where I was because of the disruption. The lab had to close. So that that's a bummer. Um, but this big celebration was me to actually do like a one year backpacking. So I was meant to be doing six months in Asia, three months in um, Africa, and then three months in South America. Um, but yeah, that 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 like is this for now? You know, it's been pushed back um, or pushed forward. Um, so yeah, that's that was kind of like my big thing that got cancelled. So um, I just have to hopefully settle for staycations. You know it's not Asia, but it is the British countryside. And I just have to be grateful for that for now.
1: Do you have have any idea of when you think you're going to go or plan for the future? (laughs)
4: Let us know because we want to come with you. (laughs) 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 Please, please, come along. (laughs) That that trip sounds amazing. Honestly, it was meant to be
2: this epic. I'm done my PhD, you know, like... (laughs) we're here Um, what what was the question Um, when do I plan to do it probably next year hopefully um, if if there's a vaccine if the vaccine is needed to go to these places I think those are kind of the big question people are asking like you know when you go there do you have to quarantine for 14 days I don't want to go to anywhere right now and have to stay in a hotel for 14 days Um, do I have to quarantine when I do come back that's like a whole month so those are kind of the big questions that until things kind of like settle down um, can't really answer it to be honest
1: yeah, that seems to be the biggest issue. Is like, it's so unpredictable. There's just so many unknowns. We don't even know when we can go to whatever normal is going to be. Yeah. Um, I know for, for U.S. travelers, if you want to go to the EU, you cannot go to. Um, however, as, as Britain you know, is no longer in the EU, you can fly there. However, if you do go there, you have to be under a 14-day quarantine before you can travel within the nation. And now... And then and then you would have to look into individual countries throughout Europe on whether or not after your 14 day quarantine, you can move on and travel throughout Europe. I don't know. I I mean, I'm not even bothering. Uh, Is anybody trying to travel at all right now?
3: I mean, we definitely want to. The thing is, you know, I think the the same goes for us. We don't want to be stuck in another country. That's scary so i think right now we're we're trying to focus on domestic traveling and seeing, you know making it our aim to you know still promote responsible and safe travel um because it's it's a bummer like it's a shame to think that travel is not going to be what it was so i think now it's just you know adjusting to this new normal as everyone goes, so
1: right yeah That's a good point, promoting safe travel. Uh, Joshua, as a travel content and travel creator, uh, have you started to look into ways that you can maybe, I don't know, focus that, focus your content around the new norm of travel?
5: Yeah, I mean, the problem is though, I mean, especially being Americans, we have no idea. Like nothing, we have no idea what's anything going to happen. And to be honest, I would like to say that we're going to learn from this But I don't know if we are. And I mean, that can be seen even more in like Florida, like how, you know, two months ago was like, oh, my gosh, coronavirus. We all got to be careful and wear masks. Last night when I went out, I went out with uh, with a friend and, you know, I like to observe and watch. It's like there were crowds of thousands of people without masks. I mean, it's. We have no idea what this is gonna do to us. And I'd like to say that this, you know, coronavirus is gonna change the traveling world. I actually don't know if it's going to. I mean, in six months, we might look back and be like, you know, it went away and now we're all back to it. Right now, the biggest thing for people, if they're, what you should be doing right now is researching, if you're a travel blogger, this is a perfect time to get your brand out and to do work and just really buckle down and get your stuff out there. Because in six months, it's traveling's gonna happen again. It's not like traveling can just disappear and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's gone. It's going to come back just like everything else does. And right now, I think that's a good idea. You know, domestic travel, I think, in the U.S. is going to explode. Me and Bob have talked about this before. I think road trips in the USA and in the U.K., like road trips in your home country are going to explode with popularity. So, I mean, like me me and Bob have a couple ideas on like some travel ideas on like – you know, I've done a, I did a 50 state road trip uh, a year and a half ago where I did all 50 states. And, you know, I think that that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to try to do. Sure. And it'd be really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I, 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 we don't have a choice, really. And and especially, you know, for Americans and sorry, me I know, you know, you know you're, you're, you're actually I. In my eyes, you're kind of lucky to be outside. But right. uh, yeah, yeah um,
3: again, for, I was with you yeah,
1: yeah, for, for us stuck in the United States. Um, we really we're fortunate in a way that we do have a very diverse nation, and whether that's cultural, culturally or or environmentally speaking, you know, you can travel throughout the country, uh, and in just a matter of hours, you can be in New York City. Uh, then rural PA where Elliot lives is essentially farmland. And, you know, as you, as you travel West, you can encounter mountains and, you know, the red rocks of Utah and Arizona. And so we are fortunate that we do have quite a diverse nation. Um, And so that's, I do think I agree with you, Joshua, that's, it's going to be a booming the the next year or so um, will be a big, uh, um, I don't know, domestic travel industry because, because we're, we're out of options, you know, and and I don't, I'm curious to see where it goes once the gates do open up. You know, Palumi, like you mentioned, are we gonna be required to show paperwork on a vaccine or are we going to get tested as we enter the airport? And then as we depart, as we leave the gate at our new destination, are they gonna test us again? Um, those are things that I think we should be considering and thinking about moving forward. But again, I mean, I don't know.
4: And then in Hawaii, I think is still got the the fourteen day quarantine. I believe so. Even like certain parts of the U.S. have the fourteen day mandatory quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. I think they just they just lifted it, but I don't know if it'll go back in place. But yeah, that's also something that we we were like, okay, well, what's the closest tropical thing we can do in America? Hawaii, okay, but yes. um, <laughs> yeah, we still can't go because it's the, the quarantine. It's something that we have to keep like um, on top of. We have to. You know, know the the different standards, the different protocols and things like that.
0: Yeah. My my wife is in the medical field. And um, I think New York State, actually, if you are depending on where you work, if you travel to certain states, you are required to do a 14 day quarantine when you come back. And several of my wife's coworkers are worried that if they take a trip to like North Carolina to Hilton Head or to the Outer Banks and they come back and Pennsylvania changes their 14 day quarantine status and they come back in the middle of it, that they're not going to be able to work for 14 days when they had originally only planned to take one week off. And the fact that every single state now has kind of their own local regulations it makes it tough to do those kind of travels if you're still working because you don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well what we're seeing, right, are these travel bubbles. Elliot we discussed them before, but you know, New Zealand and Australia are teaming up and if you they're essentially creating bubbles together where as long as you travel in between those two countries, you're okay. Uh, we're seeing that in Europe, several countries are creating little travel bubbles. I think that maybe they move past that. I don't know, Plumi, if you know more on that, but um I don't know if the EU now decided to open and maybe they're gonna be one giant travel bubble. The US, uh we're living in our own bubble. And then um the the I, I don't know what Canada's doing. Does <laughs> anybody
0: ever know what Canada's doing?
1: No, I have no idea what Canada's doing. Um And I know South America, unfortunately, is getting hit extremely hard right now. Brazil is getting nailed uh, for associated with just incompetence from leadership. And um, I, we did have a friend who we had on the podcast uh, who runs a tour company and he was in Colombia. He runs a tour company out of Peru. He was in Colombia when this hit and he spent two months there. They wouldn't let him leave. He was like holed up in a hotel and finally made it back to Peru. But um, I forget the main, the, how I started the, going on this, this rant. But.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you, did, you did pose a question in the middle of it, and I do want to bring that back to Pulumi. What is travel like for the United Kingdom, and is there a travel bubble that you feel comfortable traveling to like France or Germany?
2: Um they did actually very recently released that's what I shan just look up on my phone um they actually released i think about forty countries that when you do come back from um you don't have to do the two weeks quarantine in it, and that contains a lot of um europe in in it um so what the thing you have to do is to check that way you're going to actually abide with the same policy. So I have a friend that, you know, was doing a road trip and his plan was to go to Croatia and um, go to Budapest and go up to Switzerland and things like that. So it was doing almost like a road trip. But on the website, he said that, you know, is free flow into and um, from from Croatia to, to Budapest. But getting to the border, they were just like, no you can't come in through here. So it's one thing what, the, I think a lot, of, a lot of borders right now, especially if you're not flying, if you're taking like road trips, I um, mean, you're going to like small villages in town. Sometimes information hasn't filtered down and you just have to be careful and it's up to their discretion. you're kind of in the mercy of them saying they want you in or not. Um, but, you know, it's just confirming like, you know, call, contacting embassies now the norm, like literally call them up, like, can we come in? Um, yeah. It's not the norm thing to do, which is so weird. Cause like, why am I calling the embassy? Um, <laughs> but yeah um there are a few countries, and I started looking at tickets yesterday. I was like, mm, where can get yeah, it <laughs> ticketry
4: okay. is that uh, for everybody else everybody else checking online, oh yeah, like constantly right, like that's like my hobby now, I'm like, oh, see what flights are, even though I know, I'm not going anywhere." <laughs>
0: It's, it's like, like window shopping.
4: It's like dollars, but I'm like, I can't go. So
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: is anybody attempting? So, so it, it, it's my plan is to not travel. Like I'm just going to, I'm just gonna suck it up and just accept the fact that I can't do
0: it and not try to go anywhere. Um, well, because of Bob, me clarify that because you, you you are gonna go some places, but you're not flying anywhere.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, I plan on going to New York, uh, the Finger Lakes. Yeah. yeah, in place of when I was supposed to be in Italy, so yeah. I'm gonna go go there instead. But um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to come back to that. But so instead of attempting to go to a border and getting declined, me like you just explained, happened to to your friend. I don't. I'm not even going to attempt it. I just I'm sucking it up. I'm just gonna deal with it and just kind of live with the fact that I can't go to these these foreign countries for the time being. Is anybody going to try to to push and push through? Anybody here?
5: Uh, well, I have a I have flights for Brazil in November, uh, and they haven't been canceled yet. But like you said, they're getting hit really hard. But the problem was, I just couldn't like uh, like you were saying, I couldn't pass up the deals. Like for round trip from uh, Tampa to Rio was two hundred and sixty five dollars. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll wear a mask, I guess. But it's like you yeah. can't pass up a deal like that to go to Brazil, like. That's like get. That's like getting a you know a two hundred dollar ticket to to China. I know it's bad right now, but eh, it's China. I mean, for two hundred dollars, it's crazy deals. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see what happens in November as it gets closer. Maybe I'll make a decision. We're not my ma- I, my manager. He kind of handles a lot of my uh, my traveling. So he's not happy about it, obviously, because if I go, I could be quarantined there or I could get stuck there. But I'm sorry. That's the advantage of what we do, and that's the reason we do what we do. Because if I did get stuck there, I could still make content. It'd be totally different, but I could continue working, and that's the great thing—being, you know, the type of jobs that we have, and that's an advantage. And I feel like if I just sit back and don't do anything, I'm kind of wasting what we work so hard to be able to do. So at this time, I'm still gonna go to Brazil. We'll see, and then we'll see where it goes.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think you made a good point that the. You'll still make content, but it would be different. But even though it's different, it's still authentic. It's real. It's, what, it's it's what's actually happening. And so all you're doing is portraying the real life situation of what it's like in Brazil, which I think is important. But do you worry that you're going to get there and and nothing will be open? Or I guess that just ties into what I just said with you know, yeah, I mean, real content.
5: Absolutely. And the thing is, is it's also as much as we want to look at it like as a bad thing because yeah, it is very dangerous and stuff like that. But there's a lot of local businesses that are you know that that need us. There are local bids there are hostels that their only income, I know quite a few hostel owners that are like, I'm they begging me to come to their country. They're like, we will, we will put you up for 72 years, whatever you want, <laughs> you can have like right now, because they're, they're going bankrupt. A lot of them don't have enough money to even to last. So uh, the, a lot of these places, as, as dangerous as they are, the people there want us there. They want travelers there because that's how they make a living. So I think, you know, in the next three or four months, hopefully we can hopefully the U.S. and everybody, we get a hold of this, you know, this whole Corona thing. And we kind of the COVID-19, we figure out, you know, a vaccine or something, because as much as we're all sitting here going, oh, it sucks not to be traveling. Oh, no. There are businesses around the world, small businesses that are going out of business by the minute. So the quicker we get the hang of this, the quicker we can get out and start doing what we love and we can hopefully help some of these hospitals and stuff like that. Because there's several of them that are never going to come back. They're they're yeah. just not going to be able to make it back.
0: I think that's a great point because we see airlines and hotels in the United States and cruise lines for that matter. The big companies are in the headlines. It's not the small companies. I mean, airline travel from, I think, March of 2019 to March of 2020 declined 90%. Crazy. And I mean, certain airlines are going bankrupt. Cruise lines somehow aren't which is very interesting. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of polling that shows that people are deterred from cruise lines still.
1: Yeah. Is um, <laughs> anybody a defender of cruise lines here? No. I, I I feel like the people jumping on the cruise lines are the same ones who don't want to
5: wear masks. <laughs> I, I, oh, it's definitely true. I had, I had a cruise actually scheduled in September and then uh, it was like, I was scheduled for like uh, Memorial day weekend, I believe. But uh, Carnival came out and said all of them are canceled now until October 1st. So all of them have been pushed back to October 1st. But let's be honest, too. If you look look back in the headlines, cruises don't have the best headlines for treating their workers very well. So, So a lot of that's in there as well. And, you know, they don't pay them very well and stuff like that. That's the reason cruise lines aren't really worried about losing money. They're just sitting there waiting. And you're right. It is kind of funny. The people that don't wear a mask are probably the people that are waiting for the cruise line. As bad as it sounds. Yeah. And- I'm, not,
4: I'm like happy I've never been on a cruise before now.
5: <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> hey, this
0: is supposed to be a diverse and open group. It, it, yeah. Knock on people. That's, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point, uh, uh, Kirsty
1: and Christine. Something that I want to get into with you too. You you are living in New York City, the uh, the hardest hit location in the United States. I think is it the world? Was it the hardest hit in the world? I'm not. I'm not sure. It might have been. Um, but how how are things there? How are things for you? Maybe a month or two ago, and how are things? You know, now that I think New York has is managing it better.
3: It's been a whirlwind. Um, we were supposed to leave for Morocco before this all happened. Um, and so we were going to do our next big trip too. And we were going to you know, try to do Africa and then kind of wing it from there. Um, and then it, it was weird because we've never been afraid of traveling. We've never been like, Hey, I'm I'm feeling nervous to book this ticket. I never felt that until like that month. I don't remember the exact date, but in March. Um, And then it was weird because my dad got really sick. And my dad is like probably the healthiest 53-year-old you could have ever met. And like he would literally work out from like 4.30 to 6 a.m. every single day. And then it again at night and it was just like it was really insane anyway so long story short he got into life support he made it out so he was on it for like a month and then that kind of like him coming out and like his miracle story i think just made traveling so much more important because when he got out he was like cool like now i lost my job like i don't have all of that that i've worked for and like i also think that his story you know for people who don't believe COVID-19 is real it it's like it's really crazy because yeah like it doesn't happen to everyone but it happens to someone like you know and you could be that someone um so I feel like for us we've like it was like just dealing with that all and I still think like even though it, it personally affected me, I'm not going to stop traveling. Like I think just because of his experience, I think it made me just appreciate everything so much more.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's doing much better My both of my grandparents had the coronavirus. They're both fairly ill, never hospitalized, but they were quarantined for 53 days straight.
4: Wow. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's very real.
4: I think, yeah, when when we left to go travel on our nine month trip, everyone told us, "You're crazy, you're crazy, you're quitting your jobs, you're leaving New York City, you're leaving your apartment, and everything." We were like, "You know, you life, it's cheesy to say, but life is short, and you really don't know what's going to happen next." And I think that her and I have had a lot of conversations through being quarantined with her parents and, and and seeing all of that, and and it's extremely helpless situation, you know, especially with COVID. Like you, you can't even be with your your family when they're at the hospital, they don't let you in. So it was an extremely helpless situation. And I think that Christine and I just talked about it all the time. And like to, to go back to what you were saying, Christine is like, we, you know, people told us we were crazy, but that just made us even more. Now we were like, I can't one traveling is never going to be the same. At least it's not going to be the same for a long time. And on top of that, like, you know, like you said, even my dad, he's worked for so ever and forever in the same position, retirement, retirement, retirement. And now he's lost his shot. and it's just like, you can't, you can't wait forever. You know, you can't, you can't put your, your life on the back burner and just be like, well, maybe one day I'll go travel because you know, you're not promised that one day necessarily. So, I mean, not to be like, you know, a, a deb or anything, but it's, just it's a, it's a fact. And, and it's, it's what you're saying now. It's like, I, I appreciate it so much more now. The memories that we had in Asia before are incredible. Um, but it's, it's totally different now. It's.
1: Yeah. That's something, you know, that I love to touch up on is that, uh, in America specifically, we culturally we're, we're on this path where you go to school and you get the job and you work, and then hopefully one day you're going to retire. And then that's when you're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And there's really no push for people to, I I, I don't want to say no push, but generally speaking, you're not supposed to do these crazy trips in the middle of your life when you're supposed to be figuring out what you're going to do as far as work goes. And so I think, you know, I think the, the people in this group obviously uh, don't think that way. We all try are trying to go on as many trips as we possibly can now because we understand the importance of it. But yeah, I do think that this pandemic specifically, I mean, who would have thought that a pandemic would cancel every trip, every sporting event, every concert, every restaurant. It's Just simultaneously, the world came crashing to a halt. And, and all of a sudden, we were all stuck in our homes with nothing to do other than reflect on our lives. and
0: And consume and, travel content. Consume travel. There you go. I consume <laughs> travel content. But like, you
1: know, there was just so much uncertainty, and to then sit there and say, "Holy crap!" You know, if this thing, when this thing clears up, I need to take full advantage of of my life and and time that I have, because who the hell knows when something else is going to happen? It might not be a pandemic. It could be something completely different. But mm-hmm. you have to, you have to just set yourself up for for whatever it is you want to do and enjoy. You have to make sure you can um, that should be your priority. Everybody's
0: priority. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Christine, I, I, I don't know, Bob and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, but back in March, my mother passed away from ovarian cancer and it was like right on, she passed away March 21st. So right around the same time as the lockdown in most of the United States. And we still have not had a service for her. Most of her family lives all across the country and to have a service means that they would have to fly in and people don't feel comfortable flying right now. I mean, some of her sisters and brothers that were supposed to come in a few weeks before she passed away, weren't able to. and. Last summer, we were supposed to do an Iceland trip, and unfortunately, I actually had a, a medical-related issue that prevented us from traveling, and so I think that, for me, is going to be one of my first trips after this whole travel ban, travel restriction lifts, and my sister and I hopefully will take her ashes and enjoy the trip that we were supposed to take with her. Awesome.
5: Iceland's yeah. amazing. You're gonna love it. It's that's it's the best place ever for. To, are you gonna spread her ashes in Iceland?
0: That, I, we're gonna plant? spread some of them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And she that's she really was it. a huge knitter, and Iceland has some of the best yarn oh, yeah. in the world.
5: I didn't know that, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Iceland. Iceland is one of the countries that just reversed their their plans for the United States. They actually. It was Iceland and Portugal who said they would go in to welcome Americans and then um, recently decided to go against that. And so another country that we can't go to. um.
5: Well, they're being I mean, let's be honest We we we're not we it's not about it's not about as a whole America's government. We haven't handled it great. And, and we're seeing the repercussions. That's all it is. And I mean, Paloma could probably think the UK, they, they didn't do great either. Like there's a lot of countries that didn't do great, but now there is some countries that did phenomenal, like New Zealand. They were, mm-hmm. they did it perfect. And, but that's also the reason that I feel like a lot of Americans, once this, once we, once we learn our lesson and we have, we know, and we bounce back. If we do. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, it's yeah. optimism right there.
5: But you know, it's, it's, it's going to be things like, there are gonna be uh, people that want to go to these countries, like you know, like New Zealand and in Australia and stuff like that, because I mean, you don't know if you're gonna get the chance to. Like, like you said, we don't know that this is. I mean, this is this pandemic's a wake up call for us. It's 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 a big time wake up call, and I think everybody that's on here has probably noticed little things like when you're traveling, you know, and you're staying in hostels and stuff like that. Wow, do we? Did I not take precautions? Like, I never use sanitizer. Now you know I get I mean it's like you just walk around and it's like oh yeah that's probably clean we're good that's yeah. clean but I mean it's like traveling for me is definitely going to change because just the amount of precautions that I'm going to take True. one of the big ones I've noticed is like when I go to the gym I wear a mask right and it's like when I should have been wearing a mask in the gym the whole time for like since I was two because like <laughs> it's like the gym is like the most disgusting place ever but I never realized it until you put on a mask and it's like dude there's so many things that i think we can all think about with traveling that i'm gonna i'm gonna change a lot because it's <laughs> definitely been a wake-up call big time
1: airplanes are gross they're
5: so gross <laughs> but well,
1: we, we've talked about this so in often new
4: york, city, new york city is selling hand sanitizer like 20 dollars a pop i'm like okay hold on <laughs> i can't even be sanitized because it's like like i gotta get here yeah. to be able to get sanitized because that's expensive <laughs> oh. i can get a flight to la right now for 20 bucks but i also can get a <laughs> bottle of hand sanitizer for 20 bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that well
0: that's
2: priorities priorities <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so
4: i'm gonna take, take la <laughs> what,
0: what joshua said about being able to go to brazil on at for 200 bucks when it's normally what like an 800 or a thousand dollar flight all of, that, all of that extra money that you have, you could buy your own like hazmat suit. <laughs> yeah. Wear that there I and enjoy. Show another
5: Brazil, like... Sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just walking around like Darth promise. Vader.
5: <laughs> I mean, You'd pro- you probably get a lot more followers, because that would be a very interesting channel, for sure. It would. It would. <laughs>
4: I mean, you're talking about content. like You get yeah. good content, a hazmat suit. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. For sure. So, Do you guys remember the show Monk?
4: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tony yeah. Shalhoub. a germaphobe, yeah. right? The yeah. Absolute
0: germaphobe. Yeah. He was way before his time. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what everyone's going to be like now. Yeah, that's true.
4: But I think, sorry,
2: to be honest, I think like when you go into these places, we are kind of the dangerous one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I remember my friend said when she, when you when he went, to, they went as a group. They they rented a camper van, which I think is epic. You know, that way you're kind of like in your own little bubble, um, and they just kind of road trip it. But you know, when they went to local places, but no one was wearing masks because they had like you know, Croatia. The death rate was like in the hundreds. So you know, places like that, we are kind of. We are the dangerous people, if that makes sense. So I think danger, thinking about it that way, you're almost safer going to those places, you know, in the grand scheme of things rather than staying put.
0: Yeah, and that's (laughs) very true. I mean, that's the whole whole reason we wear masks. Masks are to protect other people. A mask only protects you a little bit, but it protects other people more so. Mm -hmm. And the travel is the same way. When we travel, as Palumi said, we are the one with the potential to spread the virus. And if we don't spread it, we're the ones that have the potential to bring it back. So the people, I mean, that was the, that was the whole reason for the lockdown, right? The, if you don't have people making contact with each other, there is a much less risk of transmission. Yeah. So much less that it almost could have stopped if every single person stayed at home for two weeks.
5: Yeah, But right. that's not real. That's not the world yeah, we live yeah. in. Well, yeah. and it's it's also like uh, let's let's be honest too. Since we're talking about the whole travel thing, it's like, uh, and then, Palomi, this is a great one for you to like because you're 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 looking in on us because we're all we're all in America. Like we, we we had an Armageddon. Like literally, first it's you know COVID nineteen, then it's the protest, and then it's everything. Like it's just from you looking in on us, it must be really intense looking in on us because it's like. Armageddon occurred in the U.S. And, oh, man, uh, it's just it's just taken it's taken the United States, a, 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 you know, by it's just thrown us all out of whack right now. So, like, how does it look from your angle looking in on us and traveling? Like, do you think people want to come to the United States right now? Do you think it's a hotbed or probably not?
3: To be
2: honest, in the U.K., we we're not as, you know, but funny enough, yesterday was when um, things got open, so like pubs and restaurants and stuff mm-hmm. like that got open in the UK and people were a bit crazy, um, but each time, even during the lockdown, lockdown that we had a bit of sunshine, the British people we, we love our sunshine so we literally like flood the streets. so that was an issue for a while and you know, they were threatening to close the parks because the parks were open for recreation purposes, we just used to go there and sunbathe and stuff, so the rules sometimes were bent, so we're not the most you know, thorough, like you said like New Zealand's were like, you know, like on Mm-hmm. um you know we didn't get like fines and things like that like it wasn't so you know we're seeing people traveling miles just for one appointment so we're not the best in handling things but your question about people wanting to come to the u.s isn't is, i i can say no 101 <laughs> <laughs> percent
0: yeah that's fair
4: Oh, wait. <laughs> and that's exactly why we can't leave the country because nobody nobody wants to come here there to like, go anywhere else, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're going to populate your own place. Like, so
0: you <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. want to pose a question. And this question, if we are becoming such a globalized world, let's say, for example, in a hypothetical situation where... The There is a global union of people, much like the European Union, but every single country is a part of it. And we had basically a unified leadership that was able to cohesively, across the board, bring coronavirus into check and apply these restrictions and regulations. Do you think that everything would be different? Do you think we would be traveling again already? Hmm. <clears throat> Anybody want to go?
5: I mean, it's just such a hypothetical (laughs) question. It's like, but I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, as soon as there, this, this whole pandemic and stuff like that, like it's not stopping people from traveling. If we could, I guarantee you if, if people were like, all right, all Americans, you're allowed to travel the world. You're open. I guarantee you the airplanes would be flooded because of the prices. People are going to to travel. Corona is not going to stop the traveling world at all. So yeah, I think as soon and and the question is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not here to make that decision. But
4: yeah, I mean, I I do think what you're saying too. The like the problem with the states is all 50 states had different regulations. So if, mm-hmm. if what you're saying like there was one blanket worth of regulations, maybe we would be in a different place. But every single state took their own precautions and therefore reopened, didn't reopen, did this thing. And you were still seeing the effects of that today. Maybe if they did it all together four months ago, maybe it would be a different story, but they haven't. And that's, I guess, like, you're just, it's a very frustrating case. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
0: um, it is the, this is the year of hindsight, right? Like we should have done this. It is yeah. 2020.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I think America's issue is, yeah, the, the lack of this blanket uh, leadership, or not, not leadership. <laughs> Just, we, this. we have a denial of COVID nineteen. <laughs> but and that comes American culture. You know, people say that Americans don't have culture. American culture puts individual freedom above anything else on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's what matters more than anything else. My individual freedom trumps your health trumps what you think trumps anything (laughs) (laughs) and and that's sort of and unfortunately that has been our demise that's what's caused this to continue to spread but if we had some unified culture that everybody was on the same page which australia has for the most part, you know, these other countries have this unified culture where it's like, OK, we're a member of a community and we lift each other up and together we're stronger and together we can tackle this. And together we'll come out on the other side and we'll have we'll have done it as a team on the United States, for whatever it is. And some people think this is a good thing and some people think it's a bad thing. We are not where we operate as individual teams or individual players. I don't know, within one larger team. And that's, unfortunately, we're too diverse for our own good, I think, maybe in a way.
5: But, but, but see, that's the great thing, though, Bob. Like, you just, I hope that, like, and Paloma, you can, again, it's awesome because she's like the outlier. And she can, like, always look in on us. And it's like, the thing is, I think this coronavirus is also showing us that, uh, like, people look at the United States as its a whole. But the U.S. is very similar to the EU in a way. Every state is like a different country. And I think that's being shown, you know, to the rest of the world that like, yeah, we are one big. We are one big country, but every state is its own world. And we have three hundred and seventy something million people. So we can't it's it's hard for us to ever compare ourselves to New Zealand or Australia because we're nothing like them. And we can't be like it's impossible. And that's the reason our Our global thing is so big right now. A lot of those, a lot of countries like South
0: Korea and New Zealand, which had a phenomenal response to COVID-19, has a very homogenous population. Mm -hmm. And the United States doesn't. We have a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different views on how things should operate and how our cultures are. And that is probably our greatest strength and at times our greatest weakness.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So I'm going to throw out something. Now, this is this is just a thought that's in my head that's kind of like a side tangent. But I, we don't even need to get into this. Maybe maybe we'll, we'll use this as a, as a topic for a different date. But I think that this is the end of the United States as we know it on a cultural level. And I, And I say that because I think as we become more divided as a nation, I think you're going to see the migration of individuals to states that they agree with. Uh, and move away from states that they don't agree with and and vice versa. So what you're going to have is a, a cultural uh, uh, like an actual geographical split. And so, and so we won't even know it because, you know, just like the Byzantine empire didn't know that they were called the Byzantine empire, historians labeled them that they thought they were still the Roman empire. They had no idea that they were culturally and artistically different than the Romans. And so I don't think, I think we are currently living in a phase where the United States is making a transition to a new nation. And I think historians will look back on this time period of complete divisiveness as the transition stage of when the United States becomes something different. Um,
0: I, oh, I do want to touch I, on I that mean, that's a little just bit. Something that
1: I, I, I could be I could you're be right. BS, I think there but... is a
0: geographical divide, but it's not geographical in the sense of like east and west or north and south. The geographical divide ri- resides in the cities versus the rural areas.
3: True.
0: Like if you look at Texas, the cities are blue. The rural yeah. areas are red. If you look at Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, blue. Most of central PA is red.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and to to a degree, I, I don't think that we should operate under the same law, all of the same laws. Like people living in Manhattan, I don't think should have to uh, – I, I don't think we should force people, let's say, in rural Montana who live on 2,000 acres. Those people, you know, should have more guns, you know, because they're living on 2,000 acres by themselves and they might need them. People in Manhattan, I don't, I don't think should, and so I, I'm all for having different two thousand
0: square feet versus two thousand acres.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and so we are because we are so diverse. I don't think we should. I don't know if a blanket set of laws would work. People in rural America are so different. Everything about their livelihood is completely different from those living in in Manhattan, and so I don't know. It's you're uh, yeah. We're, we're too big for our own good in in some ways.
0: Yeah. But I think a blanket set of laws that and then you do have your state and local regulations beyond that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we, we got off on a little bit. Of we did. Of we did. But <laughs> I do want to transition into how we see the world post-COVID-19, not in the sense that COVID-19 is over and we're back to normal, but in the sense that COVID-19 will probably always be around to a certain degree much like the Ebola virus and AIDS is, but it impacts everyone. So there is an article that the Washington Post put together back in mid-June about how travel is going to look. And I want to see if we can talk about some of these and then also see if we can come up with some ideas that we think travel will be different. Uh, so I will start it off. One of the first things they talk about is expecting fewer crowds at and just less people at all attractions and tourist destinations, which is kind of a no-brainer.
2: You <laughs> can't travel. Can't yeah.
0: <laughs> but but is it, does it go to say, not to say that we are suggesting it, but if you are a pioneer that feels comfortable traveling right now and you feel safe doing it and you're willing to put in the time to do the mandatory quarantines if necessary, uh,
5: you won't have to fight lines. And that's kind of the reason that I haven't canceled Brazil to be completely honest with you. Like Brazil is an amazing, amazing country. Could you imagine going and seeing the statues and and everything without lines? Like at like, you know, 2 p.m., how amazing that would be. Imagine going to the Eiffel Tower and not being, you know, in a line 3,000 miles back. Like it would be phenomenal. So I think right now, Again, I'm not saying, oh, run and go and travel. However, if you're one of the first people to start traveling when this slowly starts to you know dissipate, you can really see some awesome things. I mean, I guarantee you there's no lines at the Great Wall of China right now.
1: Guaranteed. <laughs> it is a once in a lifetime opportunity to travel this way.
4: Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like even the Brooklyn Bridge here. Our our friend's a photographer, and he went out and took pictures. And it's literally just a ghost town, or it was, it was. Now it's kind of like getting back to the speed, yeah. But before it was just a ghost. You would have to wake up at four in the morning to get there at five in the morning to make sure that there's no people there. Now it's like you can go at two p.m. after you've had your lunch, take your lunch with you. I don't know, but there's not anyone there, you know, or it was. So it's it's. I mean, it's interesting too because you go to Times Square. Now it's kind of getting back to what it was, but it was... I don't know, you, you've never seen Times Square empty ever, like no one has ever. And so seeing it in a different light, like you were saying, there's no line, there's no people, there's no nothing. But with content creating, too, especially like, you you know, with content creating, that's that's gold for us. You know, you don't have to edit people out. Cool. Like, that's great. You know, I don't know. It's it's interesting. But I, I do I, I do get curious how it's going to be when things do reopen. Is it going to be even worse lines? Is it going to be even more people because people have been staying at home for longer? I don't know.
3: And is it going to be like reservations like how people are fully booked for tattoo appointments or fully booked for that <laughs> you have to wait three months for this happen is it going to be like that if we want to go to Peru or we want to go to Machu Picchu and there's like you know a select few people and they already have them so
1: true I, I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think we're, going, we're entering the world of reservations and um, exactly like one, I think that a lot of these historic sites like Machu Picchu and maybe like the, the Roman Coliseum, that already have issues with over tourism, might take this opportunity to realize that they can scale things back, which in turn would only help conserve um, these sites. For, for for additional travel for prolonged sustainable travel and so i do think that this is if i was someone who oversaw the tourism of these sites i might consider that as a possibility because it is feasible like you kind of realize that it is feasible because you're being forced to operate with uh, reduced capacity and it might it you might not get as much money per year maybe but I I don't know yeah you probably raise ticket prices so you don't lose out of money to be honest but um I do think I, I think the reservations is a big one I, I I can see that uh going into kind of leaching into everything because we already have to deal with it with the Coliseum in Machu Picchu but um, and then you know places like the Vatican but maybe it'll it'll just encompass everything that we do now
0: yeah. So what you just touched on right there is one of the other items in here about prices. Since people aren't traveling as much, are prices going to increase? Are costs going to rise because there's not a huge there's not a huge number of people coming, so you have to
4: it could yeah. be either the, the, well, look for right now, like you go on Skyscanner and you could go to Nashville for $13. Like I can go to lunch in Nashville and it's, you know, I could go see my sister for lunch. It's like that. It's cheaper for me to go to Nashville than it is to go into New York City on the subway, you know? And um, it's either like, it could be very cheap because it's wanting to bring people in. You're you're wanting to like convince people. That's why you go to all the stores right now. You go to Zara, H&M, all of these places that they have like blowout sales because they're trying to bring people back in. Or are they going to wait until people start coming back in and they're like, just kidding. And it's like 300 times more expensive because now you're back. I don't know. It it could go either way for sure. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah. I'm on the other side from you, Bob, actually. I'm on the other side. I actually don't think we're going to go to that type of world at all. I actually think that I don't think a lot of, uh, especially USA and UK, like Australia, like we don't realize how bad these other countries are doing like I have friends that are down in Peru and they're they're begging people to come. They have no money at all. So I feel like a lot of these places like Machu Picchu, they're going to they're going to open the doors and they're going to allow every single person that wants to come to come. And I think it could actually be you know, it could be obviously it could be like such an influx of craziness that it could be a, it could be the wild west for a good 6 months when all these places reopen a lot of times because it could, it could go a little crazy.
1: That's an interesting point. Yeah. I, I, I could see that happening too. Yeah. The the desperation for tourism dollars mm-hmm. could, could force these, these places to just let anybody in or let as many people as they possibly can get in, because obviously they're going to be, they're going to be behind on revenue for the, for the year of 2020. I mean, it's essentially mm-hmm. shot. They're not going to make their money back at this point this year. So
5: yeah. 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 Like, and Greece is a, uh, I have a friend that's heading to Greece in uh, in September, but Greece is doing a very unique thing—the way they're they're kind of handling it. Like, if you come and uh, you pass, you have to pass like some type of inspection when you get there. And once you get there, though, like if you did get coronavirus, they take uh, full responsibility, and they they will like pay all the medical expenses. Like there are a, a couple countries over there in Greece and stuff like that. They're doing a, a few different things like that to get their tourism because. Th- People didn't. Real, I feel like people didn't realize until this happened how much tourism affects every economy around the world. And I mean, Greece was it is a beautiful country, but they they have they have no money. They're 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 going broke. So they're begging for people to come over there right now. So I think, well, this you are right in a way like this is going to be a travel transition. Huge. This this will change the traveling world forever. But. Do any of us really know what 2021 is going to look like? We really don't because I guess what, when 2019, I remember myself sitting in December of 2019 going 2020 is going to be my hustling year. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to, you know, see so like, honestly, I planned on going from 119 countries to seeing all 197. like 2020 was going to be the year that I was going to do the final like 56 countries. And yeah, that's not happening.
4: And then instead, you get murder hornets. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> we have some in our
0: backyard right now.
4: What? They, they have made either. a nest. You
0: no, yes. you don't. You don't have murder hornets. The murder
4: hornets... What? They're like this big, aren't they?
0: Yeah. No, no I don't believe... Yeah, they're, they're cicada
1: killers. <laughs> no, they're different. They're different. Cicada killers are different.
0: They're, they're the same big. size. They're
4: big, regardless. No, no. Yeah. The ones we
0: have are this big.
4: I don't like it. Either way. It's, this
0: big. I'm I'm good. I don't want to see (laughs) it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is the the year—the 17-year cicadas, right?
4: That's true.
1: Yeah, they—they well, they. I so I've read about those. I mean, again, we're going to kind of divert, but like (laughs) that's a huge issue um, in Africa. But I didn't realize that they migrate across the African continent and then make it. They they fly out into the ocean, and what happens is they die off. They can't make it across the ocean before they get to the United States.
5: Uh.
0: Why do they do it? Uh, just they're, they're,
5: they want uh, to travel. Travel. Yeah. <laughs> travel they want to travel they want
4: to get out they've been cooped up too long yeah? uh,
0: uh, <sighs> Palumi, do you guys have cicadas in the UK no not that I know of anyway <laughs> no,
2: in another direction based on your description yeah, <laughs> that's
0: true <laughs> So, one of the things that I think is really interesting that is going to change is because we've all, I i can't speak for everyone. I know Bob and I have been working from home quite a bit and a lot of people have transitioned from working in their office and if they're on a computer most of the day anyway, they can work at home. So, the idea of taking a six-day vacation because you only have six days can now be extended to like fourteen days because you can actually work. So sharing homes, doing Airbnb rentals will be more popular, I think. And this is kind of what this tar- article touches on too, because now you can bring your work with you and hang out in a location that you know is clean before you get there and will be cleaned after you.
4: Well, Christine, I think that you know you you've been she's more of like our manager. She does all the managerial stuff, so huh. she's been looking for places that's more. It's it's respectful in the sense of like social distancing, kind of traveling. Uh, what are things that we can do like more nature driven? Kristen, um, you can talk more about that too.
3: I mean, yeah, I've been looking at kind of like going back to the domestic traveling and doing like RV shares or something like of that nature, just because it makes sense. But I think also going back to working remotely, that's another reason why it's going to be so big because people can do it anywhere. Like, you realize you don't have to go to your office. I also think, like, maybe, you know, Manhattan, um, Um, just like apartment buildings won't be that expensive anymore because there's not a reason for it to be this whole anymore for people to go to. It's not, you know, it's not the financial district anymore. You can do it anywhere.
0: Yeah. I didn't even think about that, that it'll change housing markets. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna change everything. Yeah. yeah, aren't we so lucky to be
1: part of this major transition in world history?
5: Oh, well, <laughs> well you you touched on like remote working, and I was reading a couple articles on like uh, work product productivity. I think that's another thing is too. Working remotely is not for everybody. I know a lot of people that they they were so excited to get back into the office because working remote takes so much discipline. Like I have 70, literally 70 reminders on my phone that go off every day to keep me on track. Like working remotely is hard. And I think a lot of people that, you know, it was it was kind of cool for like a lot of the United States kind of got thrown into it. But I so they got like their little taste of it. But I think a lot of them are like, I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Because I mean, you have no structure.
4: Yeah. I think Christine and I are, are we talked about, we talked about this yesterday. We're totally on opposite sides of the spectrum. I am, I, I'm, pr- I procrastinate. Like if you if I'm working from home, I'm probably not going to do it for four days. Like I'm not going to do it. She's the <laughs> kind of person, she works for 18 hours. She can't separate herself from like work. So it's like opposite where, you know, I don't know. Like
3: it's Like I like the office space because I feel like I can leave work at the office. And when I come home, I'm just like, cool. I don't know you. I can do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> yeah, Christine, you and I are the exact same. If I have a computer in my house, I will continue to work until I have to fall asleep because I know work has to be done. I can't, I can't separate it from my living area.
3: Hmm. And especially now you have all this
4: time.
0: Yeah, Coffee. it's bad. It's yeah,
4: bad. Know. They, they know that you not only have a laptop, but you have your hand, your, your phone is in your hand. You're like, and they know you're at a home or hanging out somewhere. Like you can answer this email right away. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, and it's all times of the day now. So it's. Confusing.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Palumi, you said in the beginning that you were working on your PhD and that the, the campus kind of shut down in the middle of that. Have you been able to work on your PhD at home?
2: Yeah because luckily I'm in my final year so um I'm writing my thesis which you know some days are you know quite motivational and other days it's just like okay can't do this um but the bummer was literally the lab work cuz I work with fruit flies so they have had I've lost some spe- some some of them I've had to like um store some in like a garage and my supervisor kind of look after them um so yeah that's kind of so it's probably backtracked me a good 4 months um because i have to restart everything that you know amplifying them back up again once the lab open um but yeah that's kind of the impact i got but i was able to get some writing done so not all lost
1: not all lost good good yeah all right uh so before we close one thing that i want to do is i want everybody to just i want to hear where the first country you're going to travel to once you can travel I'm just curious to hear w- w- what that first one is for everybody. Um, I don't know how everybody's screens are set up, but Palumi, you're you're kind of on the bottom right of from me, so I think I'm going to do uh, Palumi. We'll we'll just start with you, Christine, Kirsty, Joshua, and then Elliot. You can give yours. Okay.
2: Post country. Does it have to do with safety or just like literally anywhere? Just where, anywhere.
1: Where's the what, what food do you miss? What culture do you miss? Where do you want to go? Where's the first place you're going to go?
2: To be honest, I just imagine myself in paradise. So I'm just thinking Bali, just green, Mm. lush, just, you know, you think I want the hustle and bustle because it's been so isolating, but I still want that in my own terms, if that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Bali will be it for me. Okay.
1: Christine, where are you going?
3: A hard one. I feel like this also goes to my bucket list. I mean, it's not just one place. I want to go to so many places, but... Um... (laughs) So <laughs> no, I, know. she like went off. She was like, God. I can see her
0: looking at a map and like, <laughs> like exactly. Nah. Like,
3: I'm on a plane right now.
0: Actually,
3: in the US, am I gonna win this trip?
1: <laughs> you, can, you don't have to go there if you change your mind.
3: I went to Iceland.
4: Awesome. Mm.
1: All right, good one. I
4: love
1: it. Yeah. Kirsty, what about you?
4: Uh, well, we were, she said it before, we, we were going to go to Morocco before we knew Morocco, Egypt, Jordan, uh, Cyprus, that that was kind of our route, and then make our way more east and, and end up in Sri Lanka, we, we just have this whole plan. So I guess I, I if I if I can have it my way, I would continue that plan, maybe start in Morocco, and do, you know, all those countries. I mean, they just seem so uh, majestic and beautiful to me. So it's I don't know. That, that's what I would probably start if yeah. it was
0: safe. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to go to Casablanca mm-hmm. just because of the movie. Yeah. I'm go to
1: Chef uh, Chefan, Chef I, I can never pronounce that city, but it's the blue city in Morocco. Everything's painted blue. Um,
4: yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm, everything I've seen of it is just stunning. So.
1: Yeah. Joshua, what about you, man? Uh, Excluding Brazil, because I think you bought that more on the uh, cheap flight.
5: (laughs) Well, well, mine is kind of like a little different than the three ladies, um, because they're looking at it more like paradise and stuff like that. And then with me, it's like I'm still on the race to 197 and I've been to 119 countries now. But what I've noticed with all of this craziness that's happening is there are certain countries I haven't hit that I need to hit now. Because with our politicalness and everything going on, there might not be an option for me to hit those eventually. Because, like, I have, a, I have a, a British passport and an American passport. However, neither of those passports, they both were, like, award-winning about five years ago. Now, it's not quite the same anymore. And it's like, I haven't hit China yet. And, honestly, I would probably go straight to China and, and you know, go, through, go throughout China and knock it out. Because that's a country that, first off, we saw what happened. I mean, the whole COVID-19 and the more our politics get interesting in the US, I don't know how long some of these countries are going to allow, you know, American travel and whatnot. And I, it would just really suck to like get to 196 countries and not have hit China. That would be really, really bad right there. By yeah, so I think,
1: uh, yeah, with coronavirus, with Hong Kong, I think I agree with you, man. China's one that you want to go to sooner rather than later because mm-hmm. I don't know where the, where the future is going to be headed with tourism there. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Elliot, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, it's going to be Iceland. So Christine and I are taking a trip together. <laughs> All
4: right. yeah. me, I'll, go, I'll go with you to Bali. It's
0: okay. I,
5: like, go. I feel like Bali is actually like, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed, like on Instagram and whatnot, Bali is probably the one country that's getting more talked about than any other country. Like every influencer, every blogger. It's, I mean, it's like Bali every day when I go on Facebook. I don't know if it was just this COVID like changed things and made, you know, people think like, remember how amazing Bali is, but it's just, they're getting massive amounts of attention nonstop. Yep. I agree.
1: Hmm. Bob? Italy. Italy. I want to pick up where I was supposed to be. Yeah. I want to go to Italy. I want to take my daughter there and hand her a gelato and uh, a slice of pizza from Naples. And yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, so one day, everybody, we'll, we'll be day. there. Yeah. One day. So, yeah. all right. I think I think that concludes this very first travel around table episode. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm really looking forward to this moving forward. So, um, if you're listening to this right now, uh, Palumi, you can follow at Blackkinstugi. Uh, Kirsty and Christine on Airplane Mode, Joshua on Bigger's World, and and our Elliot and I on, on The Traveler's Blueprint. We all have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. So we're all over and this is kind of what we're doing and, and what we enjoy doing. So thank you, everybody, uh, for, for joining me today. Really well, yeah, appreciate it. Sure.
5: Yeah, it was our pleasure. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So tune in next time.